1: This is Tanya Pinkins. Welcome back for part two of my conversation with Joanne Zippel of Zip Creative. Real. I can't understand you.
0: Well that that's the other thing about the work that I do is that I, your work doesn't, ha, your, your creative work doesn't happen in a vacuum. right? And so the life coaching aspect of it is how do I look at my life, my entire life, not just my work life? Because, you know, you, 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 you have these other desires in your vision. How do I want my family to be? How do I, how do I want to, there are people who want to get married and have children. There are people who don't. There are people who have children. There are, you know, and so how do I balance what I'm doing in my creative career with my other part of my life? Yeah. And 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 that. And I think that is um, really an important aspect of being able to do your best work is that you have to, you know, and to also have some kind of um, downtime or, you know, and, and and to also be able to have time for yourself, have time for your family, have time for whatever it is that's not your work. You
1: know? Yeah, that, I think that was one of the questions that I was asking myself just yesterday, which was, you know, I, there are these ideas of what your children should be doing at various ages. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of mine aren't. And. I like to try to hold the space for them that it's all going to work out and that they're mm-hmm. exactly where they are. But at the same time, there's the way I was raised and, you know, you, you know, I was raised in a very punitive way and there's like, you need to, you know, people are like, you need mm-hmm. to just throw that, throw them out on the street and you need to yeah, And it's yeah. like, that's, that's not, not who I am. It. No, I'm not throwing anybody out on the street. Right. <laughs> so that's not even an option. Mm-hmm. I'm not that person. I couldn't live with that. So having to say, well, I'm going to just have to live with being annoyed and unhappy <laughs> with the choices that they're making, and trusting that that's going to work out, mm-hmm. you know, for the best in the long right. run. Even though right now I don't approve or like it, but I and don't they probably have any don't like doubt. your judgment either. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. So it's like, how, how do you how do you
1: just love them? Yeah, that's you, what I've been working on. Them? How do I just love and my trust children them? And trust. It's hard. That is probably the hardest thing yeah, in my I think life. Yeah, like as right a now.
0: mom, I totally get that. <laughs> I totally get it. But on the other hand, you know, as I've been able to just let go of that, some of that, you know, like the way it should be or why I thought it should be or the way my parents thought it should be or, you know, whatever that was. And, See them for who they are, which is you know they're very different than me, you know, but and and give them that space and support them, you know, it's it's um it's really empowering not only to them but to you as well to just be able to just you know take a
1: take a deep breath it's hard it's hard it's really hard. And I, I th- feel like I've been doing that and then mm-hmm. it's like, okay, it's, I, you know, I'm, I think that I have an expectation that, okay, after I do it for a while, something's going to change and it's not changing fast enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But,
0: but you know, but they're not you. I mean, right. you know, they have to live their lives. How old are they?
1: Uh, 20. Tw- all No, no, no. Oh, the oh, one that oh. I'm most <laughs> concerned about. My kids are 32, 29, 23, and 20. Oh, wow. Okay. Big, big range. Big, big range. Yeah. And all adults. like. I can't uh-huh. make sure, them tell them to do anything. But uh-huh. um That's true. You can't make
0: them do anything. I and can't make them do and, anything. And you know, they all have different personalities and they, they they are who they are. And so, you know, it's if you try to push too hard, then you know, there's clashes. And, and it's I, like and what is it that, you know what is it that you why you feel you need them to be a certain way?
1: Um, I'm to, I, I think that I,
0: and I'm not a therapist. No, the no, way.
1: no, 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 no. But I think that I, I see them, uh, struggling mm-hmm. and I know that my way when I'm struggling or depressed mm-hmm. is to look for help. Right. Like I go, I need help. Uh, uh, is it in a book? Is it in a person? Is mm-hmm. it in a doctor? I'm, I'm a, I'm a proactive person. I think that most people wouldn't even be aware that most of my life I was depressed.
0: Mm-hmm. Really?
1: But my way of dealing with depression is to get active. Mm-hmm. Um, and theirs is to completely retreat from mm-hmm. everything. So it's just a way I don't I don't know how right. to be. I don't understand it. It scares me. Um, I come from a family where there's a lot of mental illness, mm-hmm. so you know I'm usually like, okay? Is this mental illness?" And you know I've seen really tragic consequences of that, so it pushes a lot of buttons mm-hmm. and fear for me around that. Right. <clears throat> and I think
0: that I think it's when you are connected to that fear place, even if you're not saying something to them, they they can feel it energetically, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. You know? So a- it's like, so you know, being able to sort of not go there to, to really go to that trust place and say, and, and, you know, you can make suggestions and they may not agree,
1: but sometimes it it (laughs) might, it might, I don't think my children, any of my children have ever followed any of my suggestions, (laughs) (laughs) your children follow your suggestions. not, all, yeah, they're
0: both not really. <laughs> they send other people to me for advice. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. I don't know. I think, um, and so she, I don't, my daughter is, is also a theater maker. She's, you know, she's in the business. So, you know, sometimes she'll actually ask my opinion. Wow.
1: <laughs> so she can go, okay, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Anyway, no, but <laughs> well, that was a my woman friends. I mean, I- that was
0: that was a big thing because she never would, you know. Right, so I, I think I think we're you know maybe making some progress, but but also you know your your child is twenty, you know they're going to grow up and they're going to you have to remember that the brain is brain, brain is even fully yet. formed. I know. I know. So you know maybe just letting go a little bit. I know. And I just know. trusting and let it, you know just because
1: you're going to feel better too. Just breathe. You yeah. know. Just yes, breathing. there are day, many days I can do that. There are many, many days that I'm I'm able to do that. And certainly, as I get f- deeper into my own work, I almost forget about them. But in this particular moment where I'm not deeply ensconced in something, you know, my attention, I have all this attention that's focused there. So mm-hmm. you, when you ask me about me or my career, I think, okay, I think I know what the question is. My old-fashioned understanding of the press and the media, and I don't even know that this applies anymore because mm-hmm. I haven't had the opportunity to do it, is that when it when when something goes big, it is the result of a long process of laying the groundwork. And my mm-hmm. only example is that when I won the Tony for Jelly's Last Jam, mm-hmm. which is 30 years ago, right. the world has changed a lot, right. um, my publicist and I were... Uh, writing stories, uh, making sure there was great photo photography, mm-hmm. and we were sending that stuff out for six, eight months before mm-hmm. anyone was even interested in anything about me. Mm-hmm. And then, as soon as I got the first like nomination for, I don't know if it's the Drama Desk, suddenly all those things we have been doing for those, for that time hit. And I was like in people magazine six weeks in a row, but it was because we'd been laying the groundwork for something for a long time. Is it still work that way? I think so. Sure.
0: I mean, you have to find ways
1: to, um,
0: and I I guess that's, you know, we're talking about that whole quote brand or whatever, (laughs) Um, which I don't, I don't, I don't love that word anymore. Um, What's the
1: word you like? What do you think of it as? Um,
0: I don't know. It, it, it's, I, I, I think it's more just what am I about, you know? Um, but I guess branding is a is a, a word you have to use. You can use just because it's because it's not the same thing as marketing, by the way. Branding and marketing are two different wait a minute, things. Okay, wait a
1: minute. What's the difference? Right.
0: Branding is really about that, what it is you're about,
1: your mission or your, you know, purpose. Okay, so and, my mission and my purpose is to make stories – that I can be proud of, that speak to uh, the world in ways that are going to activate them for the good, for a higher good. That would be my brand and mission.
0: Okay. That's very well articulated. (laughs) So you know that. Your marketing is, what am I going to do to get that word out there. That's where, am I going to do social media? Am I going to hire a publicist? Am I going Mm. to do all those things? And in what way am I, am I doing, um, am I going to have, uh, do do events around it? You know, uh, like for instance, that that. it's yeah. And that was, that's, (laughs) that's a big, a big distinction. And that's why I think doing that. And I, I encourage all my clients to do that work of why am I doing this? What's my purpose? You know, um, and when company, when people start companies, they have their mission, you know, what is it that is my, I encourage people and artists to, to, um, do an artistic statement and that's not just your bio. Like I did this, I did that. No, this is you, you articulated your purpose really clearly, which I think is fantastic. So you're, you're there. And, but that's the, that's your brand is
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating
1: company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Now you have this wonderful thing on your uh, website called Fast Forward Fridays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Which I would love for you to do. If well, you, we're going to do uh, it together. Uh, oh. We're going <laughs> to Oh, we're right going to do it together because I looked on there and I saw that you had only answered like the first three questions who had only answered you did on your zip creative website of these questions that you ask every guest artist on fast forward Fridays. You had only answered three of them. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> you, did you not I never, know
0: that? Well, because no, I, I, I didn't really
1: interview myself. <laughs> oh, well, there, these three of these questions, you their are answers from you on the website. Oh, really? You didn't want? No. Okay. I well, mean, I think that's interesting. Here we go. So we'll both wow. answer these questions. Okay. Uh we'll go to you first. What are you currently working on? Tell us about it. Oh, okay. Well, um and let me just start before we answer that. This is from the Zip Creative website. Every Friday there's something called Fast Forward Friday. Not every Friday. It's like every couple of weeks. Every or couple so. of weeks, but it, they're really great um questions. This series of questions is fantastic where you get to understand an artist's process um, and really just good questions for any artist to ask themselves. So Joanne and I are going to do it right now. Wow. All right. So what are you <laughs> currently working on? Tell us about it.
0: Well, um, I, uh, in addition to, we're still doing the marketing phase of Bite Me, which is the film that I uh, executive produced. uh it's, uh, about a, uh, a, a young woman who identifies as a, it's a romantic comedy. Um, it identifies as a real life vampire who falls in love with the IRS agent who's auditing her <laughs> you, and you saw it, yes, right? I did. Yeah. really good. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny and it's, it's, um, and it stars Naomi McDougal Jones, who's that wrote that book that mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier. Uh, and Christian Coulson, who played Tom Riddle in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, uh, and Naomi Grossman from American Horror Story, and Annie Golden of Broadway, and also from Orange Is the New Black. Yes, yeah. So that we are in, we are still in release technically. Okay. We did a we did a three month joyful vampire tour of America last in 2019. Uh, where we went to 40 cities, 51 screenings all around the country. Naomi and her husband and a documentary filmmaker were in an RV and literally went, circumvented the United States.
1: (laughs) And that's how we met because I was talking to you to see if that was something that That I might want to do for my film, Red Pill. Right, exactly, which, you know. I don't know if that's still something you're thinking about. I don't know. Me in an RV. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not Maybe the camping not girl. I'm not the <laughs> camping girl. And and I'm working on my first uh, independent feature film, which is called Red Pill. It's a sociopolitical horror film that stars Reuben Blades, Catherine Irby, uh, of Law and Order, Ruben Blades, International Star, and getting the Harvard Medal of Arts, yeah. uh, first Latin man to ever get that. Uh, Kathy Curtin of Orange is a New Black and Insecure and Stranger Things and so many other things. Um, Adesha Osaka Lumi of, um, what is that, Be- Beatles movie Across the World or something that Julie? Across the, me- Across the Universe. Across the Universe and Fela and um, who else? Colby Minefee, who's on The Boys. And I am in the editing phase. I have an incredible team, uh, Julie Taymor's entire sound team uh, T. Skull and Paul Sue and Michael Berry and Carter Little are gonna wow. do the sound for my film. So we are waiting for an edit. My editors from Two Sentence Horror Story and um, uh, Random Acts of Flyness. So I'm in edit. As I said, I thought I was gonna be in screening, and I have a whole bunch of venues that want to do private screenings for me in May and June in various places in the country. So So that might be your, instead of a tour, but that's kind of like that. Getting that done. And building an audience that way. Yeah. Yeah. And trying to strategize how to do that. So what was the inspiration and impetus for Bite Me? Well, it was Naomi's
0: project, obviously, but um, we were working together at the time. I, um, when I first read it, I was coaching her, and then I ended up managing her, and then I became an executive producer. Um, but uh, she she just was, she was on the set, I think, of Boardwalk. She'll tell you all this, I'm sure. <laughs> but she was on the set of Boardwalk Empire. She was acting in it, and it was a long day, and she happened to talk to one of the... Um, background actors, who you know, they was like sixteen hour a day, and they were talking. You know, what do you do? Blah blah. blah. And she revealed to her that she was a, a real vampire, and she was like, "Well, I'm a writer. <laughs> Tell me everything. You know, <laughs> that there really existed. These people existed. And yeah. I think she also wanted to write a story that made people happy and laugh, because she had her first feature was a pretty serious drama. About uh, mental illness, actually, mm-hmm. uh, which she won a ton of awards for, um, and but this was something that she just really wanted to do. Yeah, and also she wanted to have a, a protagonist, a, a, a female protagonist, who you know could be have could be unusual and have difficulties, and who kind of could get the guy, but at the end and didn't have to take her glasses off. You know, mm-hmm. it was like that kind of thing. And so I think, uh, it was, there was a, a number of reasons why she, and I read the script early on and I was just, wow, this is so funny. This is so original. It's so clever cause it's, it is very clever. Uh, and I said, yeah, you got, you know, you gotta make this, you know? And then I, and then I brought Jack Lechner on who was a, a, another executive producer with me, who's, done a ton of things. He, he, he was a, a, an executive for years for Miramax and HBO and channel four. And he's now a professor at Columbia, but he also produced the Academy award winning fog of war and, um, the, um, and blue Valentine with Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams. So, you know, just so smart. And so he came on board and then, so, but, but it was, you know, it's, it's a long, it was a long haul.
1: Yeah. Know. And so, it still is because you're still. Yeah. In right. Release. Well, we're, in,
0: well, we're in, yeah. Cause we're on, um, Amazon, Google play and iTunes. You can watch it online. Um, and we are, we have an, uh, as a result of that tour, we were really able to, um, get offers. We got some, uh, distribution offers, not ones that we particularly wanted to take, but then we got a sales agent on board who's now in, um, Berlin at the EFM, you know, selling, so selling it, it internationally to the, the, international international markets and, and hopefully to get a, a, some a domestic uh, like a pay TV deal. So nice. You know, so we're doing that.
1: Well, Red pill, I guess is a long story of me having a life of always being a little ahead of the world. Um, I just as a child, I would know things before they were going to happen. My mother had that, and she was schizophrenic, so it wasn't something I <laughs> was proud of. And whenever I tried to ever, like, let people know, like, hey, this terrible thing's going to happen, let's, like, make it that would always make it worse. And so it's really something I really kind of suppressed. Hmm. And um, when the last election was happening, I just, like, I knew who was going to win. It was pretty clear. And any anytime I brought that up to people, I in New York, at least I was treated with contempt. I was treated like I had two heads. and um i uh, I remember being more f- afraid than I had ever been because I just thought, if people don't understand, if people can't see the writing on the walls, we're in we're just we're in danger. I was terrified. I was terrified. And I remember my union. Um, for one hundred three years, this is actors Equity had a in the Constitution that we did not ever support political candidates because the members are every candidate, every kind of you know pop political position. And that was a con- constitutional you know rule. And in the last election, I remember arguing vehemently that this was not the time to change it. Do not change it. And, you know, they did change it. And subsequently, the tax laws, which really hurt actors hard, came out. And so there was this sort of powerlessness of, I mean, I think I realized early in my life that when I was getting information about things, it wasn't for me to change it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just getting a heads up, like, gas up. Wow. <laughs> it was about to be an oil strike or something like that. And... um Last summer, I was uh, with a friend, and we were talking about the mass shootings. And uh, she said something that I felt was this sort of typical progressive, you know, we're so smart, and we're so Mm -hmm. elite, and those stupid people kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. uh, it it was kind of almost in a a flash over the next couple of days, this dystopian story about um this posse of progressives riding to red country the weekend of the election armed with their heart humor and naivete but they should have brought some heavy artillery it just came to me um and we made that movie in uh from the end of july mid-november we were in the can which i think is pretty remarkable for a first-time filmmaker wow yeah who are your artistic heroes
0: who have had an impact on your work? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I I, I haven't answered <laughs> these questions. You
1: really, I'm not
0: prepared. <laughs> I
1: guess I'm I'll start. I you can start. think I'll while start. I start. So uh, my artistic heroes. <laughs> I was not expecting this. Uh, George C. Wolfe. Okay. Um, who is a brilliant writer, director, producer, uh, artist? Who once you've worked with him, you are ruined for life. Mm-hmm. Like you're just ruined for life. Um, Jennifer Kent and Jane mm, Campion as Jennifer filmmakers. Uh, Absolutely. Just yeah. powerful women telling mm-hmm. powerful stories their own way. Uh, Gail Ann Hurd, because mm-hmm. she produces all the big horror action, Alien, Terminator, uh, adore her. Um, M- M- Milan Candera, Unbearable Lightness, mm-hmm. being uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Um Who else? There's so many. There really are so many. But you can jump in as soon as you know. Jennifer Kent is amazing. Jennifer Kent is amazing. amazing. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I think that for me, like one of the things I often ask my students is to write a list of the people you want to work for. Because I do think in your consciousness, as you set that vision, Mm -hmm. then when projects come up, if you find out that they're any way peripherally associated with it, you're, you're already setting a a vision for getting in the room with those people. That's how I choose my work Mm -hmm. is who's in the room,
0: right? (laughs) Absolutely. Who's in the room? Also, Paula Vogel is one of Mm. my, you know, heroes. Uh, I worked with her very early on in my career and, you know, she is just everything, you know, she, her, her work is so eloquent, but and funny, and everything that she does is just, I've, you know, I i would say she's one of my big, big heroes. And also what she has done to open up doors for for artists. You know, amazing. Um, I mean, I think uh, I mean, Naomi, actually, Naomi McDougall-Jones, I would say that she is an inspiration to a lot of people. You know? um, I um, Oh, God, there's just... Uh, I, I mean, last night I went to see um, that production of West Side Story. Oh, yes. Yvonne Van Hove, definitely oh my up on my God. list. And, yeah, and the, and the choreographer, too. I, I, I just, it was... I was so moved by it. Yeah. I just was... You know, the audaciousness yeah, of it. I loved it. I mean, I... I but I was viscerally and emotionally mm-hmm. so touched by it. hmm Yeah. Are there any other projects you want to tell us about? Um, well, yes, I'm actually working on uh, another feature that I'm working with a, a director by the name of, um, Kirsten Karl Huber. It's her second feature. Uh, and it's a, um, it was written by Jack Bryant based on his family. Uh, and it's called Rearview Mirrors. And it's about three generations of women in the rural South, a grandmother, a mother, and her um, 15-year-old biracial daughter. And the mother has, she's bipolar, she's had a lot of issues, she's older, but she can't really take care of her kids. So the grandmother, who's a very um, devout Christian woman, she takes care of the granddaughter. And the grandmother has a stroke, and the mother has to come back and take care of the mother. And the daughter, and, and re-establish a relationship, and it mm. is a beautiful, beautifully rendered story. Three fantastic roles mm. for actresses, uh, but it's it's really about because the grandmother, once she has this stroke, she her personality changes, and all these secrets mm. and things that happened in the past come back, and it it is really ultimately a very uplifting story about being able to look at your past and, and connect and forgive and find a way to forgive. Yeah, uh, that sounds too
1: much like my real life. <laughs> <laughs> but it,
0: it's, it's, um, it's real tour de force roles for actresses and we're in the process of getting, um, we have a casting Director who's working on, it. and I don't want to talk about it. Okay, I don't want we'll to let that.
1: that go. But and I'm as I'm waiting for my editor to finish. I'm working on working on my next horror movie, my, which will be my second feature, which is called Match Dot Die, uh-huh. and it's uh, another socio. Socio, I guess socio-horror, wouldn't be socio-political, but it's, it's a horror film about the dangers of the dating world, and it involves a woman who is a complete Luddite and has no um, involvement in anything electronic and then finds herself caught up in online dating and the nightmare that that takes her in. Mm-hmm. Um, what's an instance of, 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 you or, of you living in your vision? Um, go on a, i I'll
0: go into those events on the tour. Uh, and mm. seeing people, the vampires came They've, out on the tour. It was everybody. It was a joyful vampire tour. So people came and they dressed in whatever made them feel joyful, not just vampires. Okay, so outfits. people weren't like
1: cutting each other. Remember, up these, up aren't, the they, these, aren't these yeah, are these are Supernatural
0: vampires. Yeah, but they were.
1: They really do eat, drink blood. Yeah, that mean yeah, was did some, some blood do. drinking happen at these events? No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: um, but what it was to see that movie and see people respond to that movie on the screen the big screen and people just you know that was truly living my
1: yeah vision yeah i would say oh, a yeah. moment of me living in my vision yeah um i think a moment of me living in my vision was uh, i had a moment on set where i had this <laughs> sense that uh the thing that I most never wanted in my life and the thing that I most wanted in my life, I realized was as I was making this movie. They were both intertwined. I never wanted to be a leader because I never wanted to lead anybody astray because mm-hmm. I feel like every time I learn something, a few years later, I learn that it's much more than I thought. And so I always feel like I can't really tell anybody anything. I can tell you where I am right now because I know it's going to change. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted a team. And I've always been in the room with the best of the best people. And whenever I've tried to make a team out of them, It just never has happened. And I was standing there, and I was like, oh, my God, I have a team. And, oh, my God, this team is here because of my vision, my idea. Uh, I got to trust that I'm not going to lead them astray. Oh, shit. So that was a moment of me living in my vision, a surprising one. wonderful. If there were no barriers to entry, what is the one thing you would be doing? Well, I... I would be making more movies for sure.
0: I would be, I would be producing more movies, but I, you know, uh, because obviously it's, it's a, it's a struggle to, to get the financing, you know? And, and I think that would be, I would definitely be making more <laughs> stories and I'd be supporting more artists. I would, I would be
1: doing a lot more. I would say that's the mm-hmm. same for me. If mm-hmm. no barriers, I would be making a feature film every year and probably, a musical or a play mm-hmm. every year. I would do both. Right. Um, what's been the biggest obstacle in achieving your vision?
0: Hmm. I mean, I, I'm in a place now, particularly in terms of my work where I feel that it's a really good place. Um, and, and, you know, you were saying about this, you know, as you get older, you just feel more, empowered in what you're doing. Uh, and I think that has been really good for me. So in terms of obstacles, um, I think a lack of understanding other Mm. people's lack of understanding. Uh, I mean, like for me, you know, um, and not being able to I mean, you know, what's going on in the world right now? You know, obviously, there are there's, there are people that there's fear. There's hmm. a lot of fear. And, and I think that is other people's fear and not wanting to do things or not being
1: able to do things. Does that make sense? Yeah. And yeah. for me, I think the biggest obstacle for me that I'm just starting to see, because I think before I blamed it on myself, is the awareness that, and and i don't care but it i think that there's something in the ether that says a woman who's in this body in this gender is not supposed to have the freedom and choices that i give myself and so <laughs> the world just just can't bear that i mm-hmm. give myself the choices and opportunities that i have and and try to put up obstacles to me doing what i want to do mm. um mm-hmm. If you could let go of something that held you back, what would it be? Now or in the
0: Okay. You that, put this on your, your side. If I right. let go of something that held me back, what would it be? Um I, I think well, I, I'm thinking about what it used to be, but I I, I feel just letting allowing to let let things happen and not put you know my
1: judgment on it for me it would be my sugar addiction i'm like i'm i'm a sugar addict i think of it like alcoholism i am a sugar addict uh what do who do you admire most living or dead
0: Hmm. well i my father was was a pretty extraordinary guy Mm. he passed away about a year and a half ago oh i'm sorry and he was a remarkable human being, and and uh, just one of these people um, who um, reached out to people. And, and he he was such a a force mm. in a loving way. He was, you know, kind and loving and strong in, and, and he was someone who stood up for people. And um, he was a great. A great role model for me and my brother, you know. And
1: uh, I'm, you know, I still miss him. Mm. I still miss him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, it would be Sister Morningstar, who is my soulstra. She's a Catholic hermitess nun who I've traveled the world with, uh, setting up women's circles. And um, she was the midwife for my fourth child in Mexico. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Um, if you could be known or celebrated for one thing, what would it be? Um,
0: helping people to connect to their love and
1: their mm. their their strength. And for me, it would be that I was a good mother.
0: Hmm.
1: Guilty pleasure.
0: Guilty pleasure. Um, HGTV. Um, you know, <laughs> watching those those, those shows. <laughs> you know.
1: Oh, my guilty pleasure. My guilty pleasure massage <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you should have guilt about that <laughs> I probably shouldn't have guilt about that <laughs> if you could sit down with yourself 15 years ago what would you say you
0: have the power you are powerful and you know Woo. just just let that happen
1: I think I would say don't marry him. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> where would you most like to live?
0: That's a good question because I'm trying I'm I'm sort of going through a soul searching about that right now mm. because I'm living currently in New Hope, Pennsylvania, which is beautiful. Um I moved there for love. Mm.
1: And, and is the love still going? Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. And now we're now we're
0: trying to figure out where else do we want to be? And there might be somewhere else I want to okay. be. Okay. So
1: you all are figuring it out. Some
0: place some place where it's warmer in the winter, but not all the time. Like, I don't think I would want to be in just one place, you know.
1: And I've been doing that search for the last few years, and I was thinking Bali, Mexico, mm-hmm. Brazil. And I finally moved into an apartment in New York where for the first time in my life, I'm enjoying New York. I turned down really? Juilliard because it was in New York. Wow. I where never wanted – Chicago. Chicago. Okay. Never wanted to live in New York, and for the first time – In 40 years, I am enjoying New York. So very grateful for that. What's your idea of success?
0: Being able to do what my vision tells me and to be able to connect with my family and, and be close and to connect with those I love.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. For me, having relationships that aren't just transactional, uh, really connecting with people, and being able to create, being able to create and collaboratively create with other people, and that would for me that's also my happiness. Yeah. What's your happiness?
0: Yeah, I would say that's my happiness is, is
1: you know, being able to love the people around me. And these last two questions aren't from you; they're from me. Okay. <laughs> what is needed? Well, I think
0: our our political leadership has failed us. Mm. And um, it's not where we should be looking to. I think we need to look to ourselves and to what we can as individuals do within our power to shape the world and to impact each other. And, and be there because I don't think our politics our politics are broken mm. uh, and how can we as you know with all our strengths and and our talents and our vision help create the world that we see and and connect with others in the where wherever we are
1: and before we wrap up, is there? Anything that I didn't ask you that you wanted to talk about? Anything you wanted to ask me?
0: Wow. I mean, this was quite a <laughs> um, <laughs> an experience. Of, and I, I um, no, I, I, think we, uh, I think we, I think we really covered a lot, a lot of ground, haven't we? Yeah. Everything from, you know, oneness to, uh, you know, how to, how to talk on social media. <laughs> I think that's a lot. This is really fun. Oh, thank you, Jolie. Really Joanne. fun. It was, it was so really nice to connect with you. really a pleasure to, connect, to with
1: connect with you, and I hope we will stay connected off-platform. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm Tanya Pinkins, and you're listening to You Can't Say That, the show where you can on the Broadway Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to You Can't Say That, the show where you can. I'm Tanya Pinkins, and You Can't Say That is part of the Broadway Podcast. Produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Derek Gunther, with music by Cat Dale. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast highly wherever you stream. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Tanya Pinkins, and to learn more, visit bpn.fm forward slash. Y-C-S-T. Stay safe. This is Tommy Pinkett's.